Yup, this is Caesar Walker, the cool, calm, collected one. And I'm Ronnie Gatry, the emotional one. And this is the Tipping Point Podcast, your source for sophisticated ignorance, intellectual stupidity, and well-articulated nonsense. You coming, Walker? Okay. <laughs> Peace and blessings, beloveds. Thank you guys for your support. Um, thank you for listening to the podcast. Of course, you can find us on uh, pretty much most streaming platforms at this point. And wherever you're listening to us, guys, please do the necessary. Subscribe to us. Follow us if you haven't already. We're not Uber drivers, but please leave your five-star review for this podcast and show love where needed. Um, you can also find us on our social media platforms as well as YouTube now that you can see us now. Uh, but we all we have a website that lists all of that. Get What's the website, sir? It's thetippingpoint.com. T-H-A, tippingpoint.com. And with episode 74 in progress, let's get it started. What shall we do next, bro? Uh, I think we should. Walker! We finna cook! Let's cook, Walker. We We got the ingredients, man. We might as well make something. So what's on your mind, man? How you been, bro? Well, Walker, again, thank you for asking. Um, You usually don't let me kick off the podcast, and you've been very generous in that the last two weeks. That is not true. (laughs) That is not true. (laughs) Stop with the lies. Stop with the lies. (laughs) Uh, But no, Walker, this week, um, you, you you know how at certain points, I've talked about this before, I just really have a wake up call. Okay. So um, my wake up call this particular week, I think it was Tuesday or Wednesday. Um, I tried to go and put on a pair of my favorite athleisure pants. Um, mm. And um, just let me give you just a sound of how that went. Yeah, it's not good for your boy. So, um, yeah, man, I'm just going to cut to the chase. I went ahead and signed up for Weight Watchers. It was like uh, nine. So you and uh, you've been you've been doing what Jeezy and Kanye suggested we do. You put on you put on. Oh, dude, I put on for the city. I put on for the hemisphere. <laughs> Can I tell you something? Yes. So I Gatcher and I ran into each other yesterday. Right. Yeah. Um, it was planned. And um, meeting my, my wife was like, because Gatcher put on a little weight. Uh, a lot of like, weight. 14 pounds, like, bro. You, 14 14 since quarantine hit 14 pounds have you been doing anything like yeah. since we've been, yeah, quarantined? I've been podcasting um what else? snacking snacking uh, i've been teaching <laughs> i've been teaching that that should help uh the you know the homeschool thing and um <sighs> now nah, all, all jokes aside walker um goodness gracious all jokes aside um i i think about i think week three of quarantine or whatever we're calling this period of time um, I started this thing called Nike Run Club. Have okay. You heard of that? Yeah, yeah. There's... What is that? Go into that. What What is okay. that about? Because I've started back running, and like, it was almost like, where have you been my whole life? Yeah. Like, why, why have I, Why did I stop? But go ahead. What no. is Nike Run Club? Okay, it's it's a free app. Um, and what it what it essentially does is it builds a running program for you, 
And so you can go in and be honest with it. Put your put all your vitals in, even how much you weigh and stuff like that. And you can tell it. You can say, hey, look, um, I'm new to this. I only want to do one to two runs per week. And they will build. They'll start off with a six week program for you. And this program includes different types of runs. But what I love about it most, especially for you AirPod people out there, if you connected your AirPods like I had, um, you get a running coach speaking life into you as you're doing these runs. It's amazing. And um, if you're if you're a nerd like Walker thinks I am, I'm trying to run away from that. But the analytics, Good luck. <laughs> the analytics connected to this app, they track all of your runs. And so um, you can you can keep track of things like your pace. Um, you know, you'll have benchmark runs where they give you certain distance and uh, they'll remind you of how you've done on those runs before. And the list goes on. But again, it's free and uh, it even it even help you keep up with the mileage on your shoes. Goodness gracious. Like um, you put in your shoes. Oh, yeah. Even shoes outside of Nike, they'll put them in there. I'm familiar, and I'm familiar with that. Yeah, and they're I'm all rated and they're just like, oh, okay, now maybe time to get a new pair of shoes. I thought that was cool. Um, sneak plug there for Nike. But, um, you know, we checks over stripes over here. So, um, but no, I started, <laughs> I started that and um, did really well that first and second week. And then um, going to that third week, uh, what was I going to say? Going to that third week. Yeah. I had to deal with weather. So um, the <laughs> the way the way our schedule is set up, um, you know, with, with me sh uh, shouldering a lot of the household needs, um, there's only certain windows of time I have to run, and during those windows, it was torrential downpour. So that threw mm. that threw off my running, and I was just like, um, "This is this has got to stop." So gotcha. um, so yeah, I just you know, I, I my my thought was, let me try to find something that I can do that can exist and still help me get back on track considering the environment I'm in. And that environment really meaning no gym, no gym access like I normally had five days a week. So um, my thing gotcha. was, well, if I can be more mind, and I, and I think, I well, not think, I know that even in the midst of me uh, committing to five days a week of working out like I was pre-COVID, I still knew one of my weak points was my diet. So. Um, from an optimism standpoint, my hopes are that in addition to Weight Watchers, when we do get back to some some sense of normalcy, I'll be able to incorporate my physical activity with a much better planned diet. So yeah, good job. Thanks, man. Yeah, yeah, yeah. To get back, yeah, just get back on. I mean, that's that's the whole that's the whole thing, man. Sometimes we fall off. I fell off in the past week, just you know, anniversary. We were snacking a little bit and eating whatever but yeah uh that lasted a few days but yeah we've been back on it ever since um fried zucchini is not a not a guilty snack walker come on dude what are you talking about <laughs> no no we actually i mean we had our share we, we have the thing is we haven't been eating out so it's a lot of our favorite things we like to eat around the house gotcha that and of course for me i have my little guilty pleasures and i've you know, I've always been able to get away with not having stuff in the house, but I've never learned the discipline of like having stuff in the house yeah. and yet maintaining control, self-control. And so I'm starting to develop that in certain ways. So okay. yeah, like if you open a bag of like candy or whatever, like give it two, three days, it's gone. And right. so we've had some, some like some candies and some stuff in the house for like a week or two now. And it's still still here. So oh, not bad. Yeah, yeah. Okay. So I, I'm 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 disciplining. And I think that's the 
that's the best type of discipline when you can have stuff around and like not not go go ham. Well, Walker, and, and continue being transparent here. What what I've had a hard time coming to grips with is that, and and again, since since I've started Weight Watchers, I've been a little bit more mindful of my snacking. Of course, you know, as soon as you have to start logging your stuff, it's a quick way to get right. When did you start? Uh, I started on Thursday. Okay, so, so you three days in? Three days in, yeah. Okay. So um, my first weigh yeah. day is Tuesday, so I'm looking forward to have some good news for our uh, listeners next Sunday. Um, but yeah, but yeah, I, I guess one of the biggest trends I've seen in terms of diet was, um, with the exception of the first week, every week after that, I had only been eating two meals a day. Really? Yeah. So um, again, again, I'm not going to lie, heavy snacking here. You know, I, I, I do snack. Um, but but my thing is like, I was trying to think, was I snacking enough to like reverse the impacts of that third meal? Mm. I, I, don't, I don't know. It's one of many thoughts I had. But but lunch, like lunch, I just don't eat. I just do not. What do you I'll, snack? What do I, mean, I what do I snack on? It depends on, it depends on what you snack. Oh, okay. Rice Krispie treats. Um, what else? Yeah, bad snack. Is that a bad snack? There's nothing in those. Those Rice are low Krispie carb. Treats? Yeah, they're low carb. They're extremely low carb. Check the label on them, bro. How much sugar? Who cares about that? Okay. Yeah, it's not like that. <laughs> <laughs> nah, I've been and I need to let it go, but uh those uh those those bars that you told me about, God, I could see them. The one you, you remember you told me about and I found oh, the them. protein bars? Yeah, 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 yeah. So I snack on those and those aren't bad. But but I was using them as meal replacements before. And I and oh. I believe I believe I was lifting enough weight or lifting weights often enough to where my body was needing that protein to help the muscles do whatever they do or whatever. But since I'm not doing that, I don't know what the protein is doing to me. You see what okay. I mean? I mean, there's nothing wrong with protein in your diet. I mean, protein can also help you lean out. Not not if you're not exercising. Okay. What what are you okaying? I said okay. Is that a fact or do you do you disagree? Um I'd rather take in protein and carbs. Well, that's a no-brainer. You know what I mean? So I just yeah. don't think protein is a bad thing whether you're working out or not. You okay. know what I mean? As long as you're long as you're consuming lean versions of such okay and i think that protein bar is a good supplement as a snack it shouldn't be law it shouldn't be law like you eat it all the time every like i have those protein bars but i don't eat them every day oh see i've been eating i've been eating at least two a day no. <laughs> <laughs> oh my goodness but you know yeah, like i'll eat maybe like three a week Okay. Something like that. Yeah. You know what I mean? And and the way I've done it is I've used it to curb my sugar, you know, my sweet tooth. Ah, okay. So if I if I want something sweet, I'll eat that. And I don't have that. Like I'm able, usually some days I'm able to curb that sweet tooth without eating anything. Gotcha. But days when I'm in a point of weakness, that's my go-to to keep me away from eating something I shouldn't be eating at all. Uh, okay. Yeah, so well, I'm kind of faking my body out. But gotcha. anyway, 
Um, uh, but, uh, uh, yeah. So good luck. Thanks, I think, man. I got to do keep something. Me, you keep me updated on your progress. I will. Um, I'm always, I'm too. always uh, here to support people trying to do better in terms of the health thing. So yeah, bro. But, but uh, Walker, do you think that that? And we're gonna get to you in a second. But this is part of what I want to share. It got me really thinking intently about how much me as a human, how much I rely on the gym, and it's okay. made it's made me think about a lot, like. Gosh, you know, I mean, I, I, I guess for me, you know, I do a lot of group exercise, right? So it's just like, you just got to get there and then the rest happens. They've thought about what you're, what you're going to do. They tell you what to do. You do it, sweat out your clothes and you go and you come back the next day, right? Um, right. I've realized one thing about myself is that I lack the motivation to do that stuff on my own. But mm. I, I was I was being honest with a friend of mine on a phone call early, earlier this week or last week, I should say. And um, he was telling me, he said, man, what you don't realize is it takes more discipline for you to get to wake up at 4 a.m., get yourself ready, drive to a gym and still exercise. And by the time you got you get back home, you've done more than anyone else at that point, because most people are sleeping. Right. And so he's like, you you are you. You, your routine was already doing more than what you probably need to be doing right now. And so that, that helped me think like, well, <laughs> you know, I, I, I hate to, I hate to go the excuse route walker. So please forgive me. But, but, but I told him, I was like, man, look, I, I get that. I was like, man, I was, I was starting as much as I hate running. I was starting to commit to that, but there was another dependency there. It can be rain, snow, whatever. I as long as I can drive my car to the gym, I can get a workout in. So right. now, now I'm at the beck and call of Mother Nature, unless I just want to run, run in place, or run in circles around the house. Can you do? Can you do? Do you have a little a, a place in your house where you can do a workout video, like on YouTube or something like that? I mean, I guess I can go in the garage. Yeah. Yeah, like I, I think you just got to use what you got at this okay. point. You know okay. what I mean? And. I would say see who's doing like IG live workouts, but that may not always coincide with your schedule because you have kids that, you know, you're, you're tending to, but yeah, dude, like that's what I've, that's what I've been doing to get by. As a matter of fact, I first got started getting into fitness by doing YouTube videos and workouts. Really? And that pushed me into the, yeah, like I was doing beach body. I, was I doing remember YouTube that. Stuff, yeah. And then I gradually got to the gym. So when the gym got taken away from me, I was able to revert back to those workout videos and things. And that was perfect if you're working from home, because if you got like 20 minutes to kill, I can just go right over here, work out, come right back to my desk and pick up where I left off work wise. Okay. So you, you, I guess you, you, you have to be very, I mean, it's a new normal in terms of like, fitness and and with the responsibilities we have being at home how we can make the most of our time to get in those workouts when in, you know we used to have a dedicated time where we would go to a building and work out with people and leave we kind of have to get, be more strategic in how we do it at home gotcha. so i think for you man like if i was you i would get up like i normally would and which you know, I am. I mean, I'm still waking up at that hour. <laughs> wake up at that hour. Go find like some people on YouTube that you know that are doing what you would like to do, and you know, work out in. And how much time are you saving because you don't have to get up and drive anywhere, right? Uh, so you can get that done, 
and it's already over with by the time your kids are up and, and whatnot, and you don't have to think about it no more. So it is, I think you already have the built-in discipline of getting up. You just need, you don't have anyone telling you, you need to do this, you need to do this. And I think YouTube would give you that. Okay. Okay. Just something to consider. Gotcha. All right, man. Well, um, yeah, I'll, like you said, I'll keep everybody posted. Um, like I said, I'm, I'm, I'm coming out with this thing. Like, I don't care, but I got it. And it's such a superficial reason, but uh, I'm not buying bigger clothes. Like that's one thing I'm not going to commit to. So I'm with you there. The, the only way I'm to combat that is to make a change now. So I'm um, looking forward to keeping you posted with my progress. Um, but enough about me, Walker. How are you doing, guy? Uh, I'm good. I'm good. Uh, productive week. Um, productive week for me. A productive weekend. We've been doing yard work. I actually plan on doing a little bit more today. Um, but a good day for me. Um, been been sending up prayers for one of my my homeboys. He actually tested positive for COVID nineteen. Um, last week. Oh so goodness. I've been meaning to check on. I've checked on him over this weekend, but I'm gonna check on, up on him today and see how he's doing. But uh, yeah, someone someone close to me tested positive for COVID nineteen. So uh, it's real out here, bro. It's real out here. Dang, it's real out here. So uh, yeah, yeah, lives in a major city. So um, lives in a building where like it's kind of a high rise building. So the the point of contact is an elevator, which you know it's. Yeah. yeah, you know, so really shut those down. Yeah, man. Um, was having fever, had a fever for a little bit, and was weird. I don't know if he was taking anything, but was dealing with hallucinations, but oh wasn't experiencing anything respiratory. Okay, um, as of yet. Um, we hope he doesn't and pray that he doesn't, but yeah, man. Um, it's real out here, bro. Dang. So that that was kind of sobering. Sober way to end my week last week. We're recording on a Sunday, by the way. Sure. And uh, yeah, just heard from him and, uh, you know, just checking on them, checking on the, just checking on the people that you care about, man. Yeah. That's that's really what it is. It, it put him in, like, you know, and I'm glad, like, we've been talking throughout the week anyway because we talk about other things. And so I hadn't heard from him in a few days, but, you know, I just, you know, I didn't think nothing of it. But when I checked up on him, I that, that he had been, like, under the weather. So, gotcha. And he tested. He tested pot and found out that he tested positive on Friday. Oh my goodness. So it's real out here, bro. Oh, I hate to hear that, man. Yeah. Yeah. I, you know, it's, it's just interesting, man. It's, it's just interesting because he, he's a gym rat. He's in shape. <laughs> like he does all yeah. the, he's doing all the right things. Yeah. I was, I was, I was thinking about asking that. I just wanted to be respectful, I guess, but. Yeah, he has had like some respiratory challenges. Like he doesn't have asthma, or nothing, but he's he was you know we used to joke on him back in college because you know he he would have trouble breathing at times because he couldn't breathe through his like his nose or his mouth or whatever. Oh so his concern is if it becomes a respiratory issue for him, like what what would that mean for him? Lord have mercy. Um, so, of course, that's just something we've been monitoring and whatnot. And sure. call one another my homeboys. We talked last night. I checked on him, a mutual friend. He was like, hey, you checked on homeboy? You know, so, yeah, man. Uh, shouts out to my boy. Uh, I believe he's going to pull through just fine. But it's it's it's, it's wild out here. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> cool. Well, yeah. Well, man, um, dang, I, I don't even know how to transition from that. 
Yeah, but oh. we can just talk COVID. Let's just talk COVID. You know what I mean? We just talk COVID. COVID. Well, it's been updates, right? No. No, no, no words. You're quiet on me. <laughs> I'm so weird. Dude. Oh, no. Listen, listen. Some parts of the country are opening up as you you getting what you want to get. How you feel? I just want to know how you feel, bro. Like, I don't even know why you being dry on me. Like, if anyone should be dry, it should be me. Because I had something I wanted to talk about that had nothing to do with COVID. Goodness. What, what do you want to talk about, Gat? <laughs> you never asked me that in the history of our podcast. A, another lie. <laughs> Walker. So, um, I was scrolling through our Twitter... <laughs> Hey, you there? I'm here. Okay. I was scrolling through our Twitter and um, I found a very polarizing statement. And um, once I saw it, I said, you know what? I'm bringing this to the guy Walker. You ready for this? Yeah. Okay. I'm ready for everything, anything you throw at me. Okay. And it's a quote and I'm not going to say who put it out there, but um, being black and having a culturally black experience are two totally different things. Now, to give you a little bit, give you a little bit of, to preface it a little bit, um, from what I from what I saw in the thread, it seems like the motive behind these comments were based on uh, hashtag Black AF on Netflix with uh, your favorite Kenya Barris. Okay. Um, so. I don't know. I don't know. I I I felt <laughs> I felt a sense of uh, compelling movement to capture this and drop this on your lap and hopefully get some good conversation out of this. So I'm just gonna ask. Um, in hearing that quote, what are your first thoughts? Say it again. Being black and having a culturally black experience are two totally different things. Um, the latter part is, is kind of ambiguous because it gets into what do we define as black? That's, that's kind of tricky. I kind of understand what's being said there because you, you can, I've, we've met people. I know people personally who are black, who I'm like, yo, like, <laughs> where are you from? Like, seriously, you know what I mean? And I was talking about you. <laughs> um, <laughs> I was talking about you, but most definitely, <laughs> but yeah, I, I, I um, yeah, but there's a there's a fine line there. Like there there's certain things that are black cuz I used to be I used to be considered that at one point because you know I was kind of sheltered or whatever and because of the way I dressed um I wasn't perceived as like black for real. You know what I mean? Like I was you? black but I was I, I I appeared as though I was lacking the black experience, the way I dressed, the whole nine. So I, I get it. Like you don't look, I just take it as some people saying, yeah, you're black, but you don't, 
you don't check off the boxes of what people associate with being black, if that makes sense. Gotcha. What about you? Um, I thought similar because because I guess the first one of the first thoughts is, well, who defines what black is? You know, is it is that that's, society? That's what, that's what I mean. It's, it's ambiguous exactly what you said. because yeah, what, yeah. who's the authority? Right, right. Right. Um. Well, let me ask you this: Do you believe that there is an authority? Do you think there's some um, governing board of black? No, not necessarily. Okay, not necessarily. But I mean, I, I think black people when we collectively we carry a lot of weight but where it becomes a problem is we're not a monolith mm. so what i deem me be, to be black may be different from what you deem to be black like i don't really cater i don't really subscribe to a lot of the stereotypes okay right okay. um so in some of those stereotypes like we should not subscribe to at all yeah. like they are very offensive you know what i mean um and this this no? is this no 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 i'm with you i'm with you i'm just i'm thinking huge scope here because this is something i've this is something i, I actually kind of deal with every day but it, it's something that really kind of burrows in the depths of my mind if you will um right. I, I i guess socially speaking um you know, I think we can all agree that as black people, we feel like we have or we are on the ascension from oppression. Can we all right. agree that across the board? Right. All right. So it's just like, I mean, um, we we want to progress. We want to get better. Right. And so so I, I'll give you my example. Um, you know, you've made it if you are black and you can move to a suburb where where there are not many other black people. Right? Okay. You you I guess I, I can I can fairly say collectively across the board, a lot of black people would would say that, yeah, you've made it. So we kind of strive, yeah. we kind of strive to that, right? Or strive for that, I should say. I, I know my wife, one of the things she one of the one of her emphasis she kept repeating when she was studying in dental school was I gotta have that big house. I gotta have that big house in that nice neighborhood. Mm. And, and it's just like one of the questions I've always had internally is why, you know, asking her that. Well, um, I, I've I've asked myself that um, now that we're here and we've experienced a lot of questionable um, experiences. I've been more open about asking her, well, is this what you is this what you thought of? Is this is this is this what you dreamed of? You know what I'm saying? Okay. So, um. I, I don't I, I don't know it, but 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 here here it is again Walker if we can if we can collectively at least the majority of us uh, agree to the notion that you know we're trying to do better for ourselves and our people if you will then what you have is you know a black figure placed in a fluent neighborhood who <laughs> who somewhat is less black because the people before him thought better for him and put him in a better situation so it kind of just I, I think it dilutes the cycle if you will i mean no i don't know if i well it, it here's the thing here's the thing i think that it's funny me and my parents was talking about this a few days ago and my parents was we'll talk about this in in our discussion trash 
but we were they was discussing the NFL draft. And they were watching the because a lot of the families are at home, you are able to see, you know, the whole family and the friends and the people's close by. And so with the black kids, you saw oftentimes their girlfriend was white. Right? And what my parents was pointing out is like they were saying, we don't know what's wrong with with like what's going on with y'all's generation because you looked at the white families didn't see a black girl in sight right like that's all fine and good we're not against interracial relationships but there's a there's something there's something happening within our community that i don't see in law in the equal amount of quantities happening in the other communities mm-hmm. right right we know what happens but it seems like we are much more likely to have someone outside of our race that we're dating as opposed to other races. Right. 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 So my parents was like, what is happening? You know, what's going on with y'all's generation? What I was telling my parents was, is that, listen, yeah, they choose who they want to be with at the end of the day. But a lot of that can be attributed to previous generations. Because you have to instill in your children a knowledge of self, a knowledge and appreciation and love for the black woman. And you got to think a lot of us have been socially programmed. I mean, just even in our music videos, right? Like you have to have something that's curbing what society is flooding us with. Right. And I was explaining to them that as parents, y'all, we have to be, you have to be intentional with our kids in terms of what we want them to value about being black, right? And so you can live in an affluent neighborhood, getting back to your point, you can live in an affluent neighborhood, a nice neighborhood where you are the minority and you can still know who you are at the end of the day because it's been instilled in you since birth, who you are. Okay. You know what I'm saying? I don't necessarily think that you're selling, because my thing is, I don't, I don't really believe that you've necessarily, I know technically like that's the, that's the general, like you made it when you got a nice house and you've left the neighbor, you left the hood, but I'm saying success is not only are, did you not leave the hood, but you are empowered. Like you look at what what Nipsey did. Mm -hmm. You look at what other people are doing. Like they're actually buying back the block and and instilling businesses and employing to me, when you're able to help people within your neighborhood come up, then you've made it. Like right. to me, that's the new black, in my opinion. Okay. But I think regardless of where you choose to live, as long as you know who you are and you're not compromising who you are so that you can make it, to me, that's 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 the attitude I think as black people we should have. Gotcha. Just my opinion. Well put, bro. bro. So, yeah. So I, I, I can't I, wait to discuss the trash to talk talk about uh, the the NFL draft because I, I had some stuff similar to that. So I, I'll save okay. that for now. But um, yeah, I just I just really thought that statement was good, and I was just like, this could be good meat for our recording. So I mean, it's it's a it's so ambiguous of a discussion. I don't know how you can nail down black, right? Because right. it's so much. I tell you, I put it to you this way: black is cool. And it's always been cool. Black cells. You know what I mean? Because we have been the benchmark for what's... I mean, when you see other people try to be cool, what do they try to do? Yeah, something. Right. They try to borrow something from our culture right. to make them 
You know what I mean? Right. Feel like, hey, I'm 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 okay. Like right. you see it all the time with politicians. You see it with people advertising stuff. They our culture is dope. So uh, again, you we've seen people. We have seen people who are indeed black because it, just because you haven't had an experience doesn't mean you're not black. It, but you, that experience is what makes black people dope. Gotcha. That black culture is what make black people stand out above the rest, in my opinion. Okay. Because it infiltrates music, <laughs> entertainment, the whole nine. Like you look at you look at you look at the NBA. You look at you know what I mean? Like yeah. the NBA is heavily in hip hop influence or black culture influence. Like look at the cats walking into the arenas, right? <laughs> yeah. Like that's us. Like that's just our like we style. Like we, we just it's just something about us and our music, everything. So it's it's we are very unique. Did you um did you happen to hear about the group of high school seniors uh in Georgia who put out a TikTok video that um basically gave their opinion of the ingredients Player of the week for me. Oh. Spoiler alert. We'll talk there. about that. Okay. <laughs> uh stay tuned people. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Well, there goes my um, weaving narrative. <laughs> Save it for the end. Okay. I, I would okay. like to hear from you on that. Okay, cool. Um, well, you know, I, the, the way I kind of thought this up in my head is we would talk about that after this. But since it's since it's um, coming later, I can pause. Okay. Um, okay. Well, that what, was... what other thoughts did you have on it, though? Like about I, that? I, well, I just gave you my whole spiel about it like you can be black and know who you are regardless of where you are i, I think the problem is get is that people leave their hood and they leave themselves in the hood okay and they adapt to whatever environment that they're in and i think that's messed up because you're still black and those and society still sees you as such right um that that value of self that you said really stood out to me um it's easy. It's easy to to and, and and just to give you a background, I grew up I grew up in a very diverse neighborhood, really. I mean, okay. I mean, given we were still the overwhelming minority, it was cool growing up with other races of people, different nationalities, things like that. And I'm blessed to have had that experience. So it's given me an appreciation for just humanity, if you will. Um, outside okay. of outside of the limitations that race puts on us, um, but I I guess when I when I hear these comments, you know how dad charged I am, <laughs> and I think about I think about my my sons um, growing up in this environment, not knowing any different, you know, and uh, my oldest son being <laughs> one one of less than fifteen black students in his entire school. You know that covers uh k3 through eighth grade you know it's just like right. whoa and it's just like what what kind of what kind of thoughts what kind of thoughts is it's he shaping in his mind because he knows no different but not only that what am i uh, how am i augmenting those thoughts how am i making him more black aware like how am i doing that yeah mm. i put jordans on his feet yeah i swag him out whenever i can but i mean I feel I feel like that's so limiting because in my mind, wearing the J's is part of the black experience. You know what I'm saying? And that's unfair. 
but outside of outside That's... of the outside of the appearance and, a, and external aesthetic what am i giving him yeah you know what i'm saying yeah, and, and don't get don't get me wrong walker like he's got he's got the stephen curry yeah here. what you described is very go ahead i'm sorry we got a little yeah what you what you described is kind of shallow a little bit yeah um but it's what i think about it's what i think about honestly yeah, but I think that's fair. I think that's fair for you. It is, and I'm not knocking it. I'm just saying it's it's a little shallow. Uh, I think if anything, man, you have to. I think you have to roll up your sleeves and do the dirty work of teaching your child Black history. Okay. And and teaching them how to appreciate people who have come before you and I, who've laid the groundwork for us to be able to enjoy the quality of life that we're living today. Right. Like I, I look at, I look at, remember when the movie Hidden Figures came out a few years back? Yes. And the constant theme I was hearing people say was that I didn't even know these women existed. Me, me included. <laughs> and so, and so what that, what that did in my mind was if we didn't know they existed, who else out there did something dope that we didn't know about? Right. And I feel like if you can show your child historically and, and again and I don't have anything against black history but we got to get we got to get beyond the 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 usual ones right <laughs> uh, either a civil rights leader or so you know what I mean there's a lot of black people out who did dope things throughout human history right. you can educate your child on people who've done dope things and I think that's why it was so big for for us to see for some kids to grow up and only see a black president because it kind of marked in their mind, hey, I can actually be that. Right. Or I can aspire to be something really big outside of, you know, wherever I come from. Um, but I think you just have to educate your child on the history. That's why we talked about last year about the Magic City Classic. Right. And how we got to expose them to things that are just wonderful about us. Well, Walker, you know what that, I'm saying? That's the thing. That, you, 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 just, you just set off in a, the, in, an explosion in my mind. Okay. And we were running back like first black pair. Let's see. Barack Obama. Okay. White mom. But Obama is accepted as black. But because <laughs> because I'll be I'll be honest. I'll be transparent. I've had my own struggles from a youth being accepted in some pockets as black most of that has to do with the way i talk i'm, I'm not going to change that i'm proud of that um you shouldn't you shouldn't you shouldn't be ashamed no, of that no i'm not ashamed of that um but but the thing is it i guess the weight of presidency gives him that pass but it's just like i got two black parents <laughs> <laughs> you yeah. know, like, but but then again, and and one could argue, I I speak, I don't speak as articulate as he does, but in terms of loose vernacular, he and I are close. Okay, but, but I gotta I gotta work hard to get a pass because I live on that side of town. What do you mean you got to work hard to get a pass? Well, talking about with with black people? Yeah, yeah, and, and I know I know you and I joke about it, and that's fine. I kind of I kind of like I, the the humor let me, of it. Let me hip you to something, but let me hip you to something. When I say we need to know our history, that goes both ways. Because you can't tell me the Tuskegee Airmen wasn't intelligent and articulate. Okay. You see what I'm saying? Like yeah. we use Barack Obama, but there's there's people throughout history who've done dope things. And they probably sound a lot like you and I. Ah, uh, okay. 
but we're not exposed to it. One could what argue that Frederick Douglass did. <laughs> if you read his work, society works. <laughs> has pushed on us. Right. See what I'm saying? This is how white people talk. You talk like how white people talk. I've, I, it's something I still hear from from black people today. Right, and it's, it's ignorant like, because we've always have talked. Into, we are exceptional people. Right. We have been ta- we have been exposed to how we're supposed to sound. Mm, mm, right. Okay. And I know I get it. In different pockets of the country, you do have different dialects in the way people talk. Right. Right. There's a different twang that comes with whatever region you come from. But for the most part, I feel that there's nothing wrong with you speaking like this. Right? Right. Nothing wrong with that. It doesn't make you any more or less black or what or whatnot. In, in fact, it makes you an asset to black people because I can I can weave my way in throughout society, especially if I'm conscious towards black people, I'm an asset. Okay. Because now I'm not being judged on how I talk. I can get things done on on our behalf that the next person couldn't, but I'm still conscious of who I am. Absolutely. Right? Right. And I think that educating black people across the board, not just your sons who will grow up to be articulate, but you don't even have a concept or an idea of that. We think I feel sorry for them because they think that's how we're supposed to talk, mm, right? They yeah. think we're supposed to talk less than or, or talk whatever. Like we're supposed to have the slang and the, and the arms and the, uh, what you know what I mean? It, like we're supposed to talk like that. I feel sorry for you because you have such a limited perspective on what it means to be an articulate person, regardless of race. Right. Good point. So the, again, we, ha- again, if you show those people, black people throughout history who have done dope things and the way that they talk they they're out they'll be blown away right cuz you're not hearing the slang you're not hearing but i thought that was black no no you were fed a lie right <laughs> we don't all sound like our favorite rapper right you know what i'm saying good music but i don't talk like him mm. and that's okay and that's okay. Yeah. It's really okay. Yeah. You know what I mean? So I, I just think being black, I think at the end of the day means being enriched in, in who we are as a people and what we've done. I don't think we know what we've really done throughout our existence in this country. And to your point, all that starts at home. All it starts at home. Yeah. Like we 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 I think it's an it's incumbent upon us as parents to not only instill those things in our children, but also make sure that they're exposed to certain environments. You may put in a pre, uh, school, but make sure that they're in programs outside of that school that further and in, in, you know builds upon what you've instilled in them. That's the next step for us, for sure. That is definitely the next step. Yeah. So yeah, you you have to expose them to blackness right. <laughs> in some form or fashion. Gotcha. So cool. Cause those white people who wear Jordans, like that can't be, that can't be the, that can't well, be well, the. Well, and, and again, again, I, I said that loosely. Um, you know, my my love, my love for Jordans have nothing to do with cultural, uh, cultural bias. I should say it has everything to do with my adoration for the figure that wore them. You know, and a little bit, sure. of, and a little bit of that has has to do with the fact that. Um, my, my parents put them on my feet a lot when I was young, <laughs> a lot. Sure. So it was just kind of like ingrained and I'm, you know, I'm, I'm repeating that cycle, I guess, but you know, and I, 
it's just honest, honest truth. Um, I, I got my son a new pair of J's that came in yesterday. And that feeling I got as you put them on and lace them up, I mean, it almost brings me to tears. And, and no material product should ever do that. But again, for me, in a weird kind of way, it's more than just a sneaker. Just it embodies so much more to me. And then to kind of hand that down to my children just makes makes a lot more of that experience for me. But anyway, um, <laughs> thank you. Thank you, Walker, for your insight on that. Um, again, I, I hope that was appropriately placed <laughs> as our as I guess what could be our main topic, if you will. But um, now um, go ahead, Ronnie Gumble. Go ahead and narrate <laughs> us on into the oh, I feel like I'm being produced. Oh, go ahead. <laughs> I'm just being respectful of time is all. <laughs> OK. <laughs> But no, um, we are going to swiftly transition into our hashtag Dort. That's D-O-R-T. Discuss or trash. Simply put, Walker has stuff he's been wanting to discuss. I've got stuff I've been wanting to discuss. We put it on the table in rapid sharing fashion. We collectively decide are we going to talk about it or not. So um, with that said, Walker, I have teed it up. You have a driver in your hand. Swing for the fences, my friend. The Last Dance documentary, episodes one and two aired last week, episodes three and four this week, starting with Dennis Rotman, I think. Tonight. Yes, tonight. Are, did you hack uh, my notes, man? What? Did you hack my notes? Is that what I did? Yeah, I think so. Uh, I finally started hacking it. We've been, <laughs> out, we've been off until now, so I, I finally got on... on on board with you we are discussing this and i'm gonna try to keep this brief i'm gonna try my best hey you can get go ahead go for it dude thoughts react thoughts it the the first two segments were more how many times did you cry oh four you did cry of course man dude this is mj i know there are other people we talked about or they talked about in there who cares about them this is Mike. <laughs> biggest is, takeaway. Biggest takeaway from the first two episodes. Yes. Jerry Krause is up. <laughs> okay, let me ask you this. Okay. Okay, follow on. a question. I know where I know where you're going. I was prepared follow for a question. Did that did you just realize that then or did you know that already? No, no. I just realized that in the doc because yeah, yeah, yeah. Here, here it is, Walker. I'm Are gonna you serious? No, no, no. I'm gonna tell you about how it was back then for me. Cause I mean Oh my goodness. This is, this is a this is a, a a pivotal part in our generation, right? I was significantly younger. I was watching SportsCenter at that time, but all I was watching is to see what his hairness Michael is Ernest Michael Jordan did. I didn't listen to all the talk about contracts and who's getting this, who's in free agency. I didn't start appreciating appreciating free agency till I was about to go into college. So I really starting to think about like the value of that. So I didn't listen to any of that. I was just like, where's MJ? What's he got on his feet? How many points did he score? Wow. Yeah. I that that hey. Say what you want. I was a lot younger then. You know, Walker, I'm delayed when I come to certain uh, when it comes to certain current events and patterns. It takes me a while. But that's how I ingested it back then. So all of this was news to me. I knew who wow. Jerry Krause was. I knew so who Jerry Reinstorf were. 
away. Yeah, I knew who these guys were, but the impact that they were having on the team, I had no idea. I even remember that stretch of games where the Bulls were losing. And I remember so did how, you, how heartbroken I was. Did you, um, so what, what, what do you make of that? Uh, the what whole, do you make of like what you know about 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 Jerry Krause now? Like here's the like in light of that, what 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 where did your mind go? Just how did it shape my opinion of Krause now? About Krause now, and does it make you wonder what could have been? Absolutely, Walker. Okay, that's why I'm trying to get you to do that. Take me there. Take me there. Like what? As you're watching this, that had to enter your mind, right? Yeah, because because my my thing is. I think, but the biggest thing I, I couldn't really attach was that you, you as, as Jerry Krause, who's responsible for managing the team or whatever, how can you come up with any reasonable narrative or defense for wanting to get rid of this coach who your star player says, I got to have, who's won you a, uh, just to bring you up to speed on the do- on the time of the documentary, but who's won you five NBA championships, and you have the audacity to come to this man before the season and say, "We're not renewing your contract. You're not coming back. This is your last season." H- hold on, Walker. Hold on. I know you want to go somewhere, but you know what I first thought of? I thought of this is and embrace yourself for this, Walker. This is going to be good. This is like whoever the AD is at Bama going to Saban and saying we know you've won but this is the last straw you're not coming back after this season the people here would revolt am I right yeah Krause told the Saban of the Chicago Bulls that you're not coming back for selfish reasons Tim Floyd (laughs) that was laughable then come on thank you that was laughable then. But dude, and it's just that that's what emptied me inside. Like there, there was other, I mean, you know, I think MJ talked about it a little bit. I am amazed that this went all over your head back in the 90s. Oh yeah, didn't nobody care about that. Dude, I was trying to get to my next pair of drawers. My parents just stopped buying them for me at that point. I'm worried about Jerry Reinsdorf. Your minuscule view of life <laughs> amazes me. It baffles me. Oh no, dude! Was it was it ninety six? I was just entering high school. Oh wait, dude! Was I thinking about free agency and contract situations with Scottie Pippen? Give me a break! So when it happened in real life, I'm kind of like, whoa. Well, and then then of course I got tunnel vision again. I was like, okay, what's happened to Mike? What's Mike gonna do? Phil Jackson, I'm sure he's cool, but what's Mike gonna do? I didn't really start to appreciate Phil Jackson until he got to the Lakers. Yeah. Then again, tunnel vision. It was all MJ. Nothing else. <laughs> any 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 other any other uh reactions? Thoughts? Um Yeah, yeah, of course. Of course the thought is what what if? You know, what if what if Phil Jackson stays? What if they renew him? Say, you know, just arbitrarily what if they renew him for three more seasons. There's no way you're telling me anybody else wins. So I'm just thinking, I'm thinking in terms of legacy. Jordan has cemented where he is. Okay. But I'm just, I can't help but to imagine, you know, one of my, one of my buddies I'm in a group text with, um, he was, he was kind of anti the whole thing, but he was like, why didn't anybody talk about Bill Russell? So I'm thinking, you know, we, we know Bill Russell's won what 12, 15, I don't know, like 70 rings. I don't know how many he's won, but 
But the thing is, what if that doesn't happen and you leave Phil there and you let Mike be Mike? He's in the Bill Russell conversation. Come on, Walker. And he's undisputed GOAT. Okay. Those are my thoughts. Go ahead. Okay. I'm sorry. This is this is like this pumps through my veins, Walker. I have three takeaways so far. Okay. Number one, Jerry Reinsdorf is the most successful slash trash GM I have ever witnessed in the game of basketball. Okay. <laughs> if you have a list of all trash GMs who are successful, who have been successful, and like in spite of them, the franchise has managed to succeed, he tops the list. Okay. All right. He's trash because that leads to my second point. Scottie Pippen is the most underappreciated superstar in NBA history. Dude, he was on a squad to where Luke Longley was out earning him. I think they did a comparison to like where he stands, where he would stand today in terms of salary. Embarrassing. Embarrassing. I'm not even saying the guy's name. We're not even doing that to, to Scottie Pippen. Okay. But, but. He was the most, and, and Jerry Reinsdorf things was, was that if you sign the contract, that's it. There's nothing else to talk about. And I'm saying my point to that is these guys won you a championship. Do you remember how the Bulls arena used to look before that. Jordan came there? Mm. Dude, you can get, dude, you can get the, you can get the, the tickets at a gas station. Let me get 20 on pump two and two Bulls tickets. Like this, no one was checking for the Bulls before then. Right. At all. And so for for those guys to make, like you're selling out, you're selling out arenas. Like you're selling out every game because of this squad. They're bringing you championships. They're bringing, they're making you a lot of money. And you mean to tell me you can't come back to the table and say, you know what? You guys have more than fulfilled your share of this deal. Let's restructure you, at least with Pippen, because Jordan did eventually start getting some money, but at least you could have done that with Pippen. Exactly. The least you could have done. Now, Jerry Krause, I knew Jerry Krause was was trashed even then. I watched SportsCenter, like, religiously. Like, that was my number one show. So I would hear these stories and these narratives going on about Krauss. But what I realized, and my dad helped me to realize, because we talked about it after the fact, Krauss was really doing Reinsdorf dirty work. Here's where, here's where Krauss got in trouble. Here's where Krauss got in trouble. Reinsdorf didn't want Phil back. Now, Krauss had issues. Krauss had issues with, with uh, Phil personally, because Krauss had an ego. Kraus ego got in the way. Got in the way between him and the, like Kraus. Here's where Kraus got in trouble. His mouth. His mouth got him in trouble. But Reinsdorf was fine with it because you mean to tell me if you don't bring back Phil Jackson and I'm the owner of this team, you don't think I'm calling you into my office and we're gonna have a little talk about that? Mm. Or is the GM bigger than the owner? No, you're right. You're right. If you're the owner of the Bulls you and can. I'm I'm your GM and I say Phil ain't coming back, are you having a talk with me yet? Yeah. yeah we, we, are you going to redirect my decision making? Or at least try to. Yeah. Yeah. That's all I'm saying. Right. That's all I'm saying. If I'm cutting your check and you're doing something I don't like, I think I can step in. Don't you think so? Yeah, absolutely. 
I think that's how the hierarchy goes with authority, right? Right. GM, owner, right? Mm-hmm. So my thing is that falls on Reinsdorf. Kraus got in trouble by saying if Phil wins 82 games, he's gone. Oof. Reinsdorf didn't say that. Right. That's where Kraus got in trouble. Then him saying that the 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 the, the whole organization wins the championships, not the play. See, that's how Kraus alienated himself from the players, from the coach. That's why no one liked Kraus because Kraus big mouth in his ego got him in trouble. But all roads point to that's Jerry Reinsdorf's fault. So he's trash, in my opinion. Mm. That's number two. Number three, what was my third point? I had a third point. I had a third point, but we can move on. But those are my two. I just feel like Pippen should have gotten paid way. His story, I understood why he signed the contract. I get it. I mean, I didn't know he had that many siblings. Oh my goodness. Um, his, his personal life was like like it makes sense. Yeah. Like what what other options you have? Like he was just happy to be in the league. It who who knew he was gonna turn out to be one of the greatest players in any in the NBA. Right, right. right? So yeah, like I get it. So it is I, I think for him, he should have gotten more money. He should have definitely been appreciated more. And I understand him while now wanting to be traded. I heard that it was possible he could have got traded for Tracy McGrady. Yeah, yeah. I didn't that that was something I saw on social media shortly after after all that. Like they had been in talks and oof. That could have been that could have been nasty. I got my third my third point. Go for it. Phil Jackson is the greatest coach ever. In basketball. Okay, okay. In basketball. In NBA basketball. In NBA basketball. Like when I say being in NBA basketball, my bad. Okay. I left that kind of open-ended. But he's a when you look at I know people talk about Greg Popovich, and I think people knock Phil Jackson for having some of the best players ever. I want people. I, I think that's bogus asterisks that people give because people give Bill Belichick a lot of love and he had arguably the best quarterback ever, right? Mm, I'll let you. I'll let you cook a little bit more. You don't think Tom Brady is? I'm not saying that. I'm. I'm saying that's one person. Who? 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 What other kind of greatness have, have the Patriots had under Bill Belichick? Uh, your quarterback is pretty much really important. That's okay. all I'm saying. Okay. Don't tell Great Dan, guys don't tell on, Dan Marino that. Plays on defense. <laughs> like, he, like to me, I'm saying you win championships with beasts. Yeah. Right? You don't win them with beast. Singular. So no. So Tom Brady. So no one played on defense. That's what I'm saying. But you can't name. You can't name anybody else. Your comparison, Walker, was that Phil Jackson gets a lot of flack. Because he had a lot of great players. Who outside of Tom Brady has Bill Belichick had? I'll wait. Put me old. Okay. I can Google them, but you know. That's what I'm saying. But you have to Google none for Phil Jackson. You can just reel those out. Don't, sure. don't that's what I'm saying. Don't take the genius away from Bill Belichick. Because Bill Belichick did hey, more Ronnie, with less. I'm not taking the genius away. I'm saying, no, can you relax? Bring it down. Hey, yeah, bring it down. I'm saying I hate the argument. You missed all of that. You missed all of that. I hate that argument. 
Did you hear me lead with that? Keep going. Keep going. That's, that, oh, see, that's why. That's why I tried to give you an opportunity to cook because it takes me longer to adjust things. But you just wanted a debate, so I gave it to you. No, I wanted you to relax. <laughs> I was trying to. I was trying to let you cook. I have to go up to the sky to bring you back down, back to earth, <laughs> and say you to you to relax. You wouldn't allow me to let you finish cooking. No, you was already gone in your in no, your I wasn't. Emotions. I was I prepared to listen. <laughs> Terrible. No, listen. All I'm saying is, I hate that argument. I hate that argument. I don't think it's fair that you penalize a coach for having great players on his team. Like, what are you supposed to do? Okay, so how? Like, who? You have to have horses to win championships, right? Or no? Asterisk. Say what now? Asterisk. About what? You have to have horses to win a championship. Asterisk. Okay. My my point is, I think Phil Jackson is the greatest coach and, and his ability to manage egos. Yeah, yeah, okay. Finally, something we can agree on about this, oh, this narrative. His yeah, ability, yeah. like, you, you, you don't have to like the triangle. You don't have to. You can knock him for his stint in New York. That's fine. Oh. But his ability, because, see, we gave Phil a lot of credit for being able to manage Dennis Rodman. Mm. But to Which be at able the to time manage was Pippen a tough job. And give Pippen, I can tell Pippen, Pippen, go ahead and have surgery closer to the season. We'll be fine. And then I tell my superstar who doesn't agree with that is, it's okay, Mike. And Mike respects your decision? Yeah. Feels yeah. great. He's a go. Yeah. If I can if I can if I can convince the the greatest player in the NBA that something he doesn't agree with, it's okay. We got this. And he he he's okay with it. Master of egos, Absolutely. master of egos, Absolutely. master of egos. I don't think Popovich has the personality to manage that chaos. I'm, I'm sorry. I don't think he can manage MJ, Pippen, and he's, he's managed Rod. I think he coached Rodman. Yeah, he, but he's the one that shipped Rodman to the Bulls. <laughs> right, get rid of him. Right. Yeah, yeah. Phil dealt. He dealt with three massive egos. But to your point, I think I think Popovich historically has gotten players who can who are really low mold e- to him. Yeah, mold to him. They can they can be low ego, and which makes them maybe more maybe less difficult to deal with in the locker room. So yeah, I, I, yeah, I, I'm all on board on that. And on top of that, you're dealing with management that do not like you. <laughs> yet you still pop out chips. Right. And then you go to the Lakers and win despite the fact Kobe and Shaq are doing this. Right. And you still get the dub. You still hang out. He's banners. a goat. <laughs> yeah. He's the goat. Yeah. <laughs> he's the goat. So yeah, man, I, I think he's a goat. Like to, to be able to coach on that level is is amazing to me. Yeah, you got the talent, but that's a problem when you put a talent like that together is you got to get them to be cohesive, and he right. managed to do it no under extreme circumstances. Yep. So, anyway. Looking forward to uh, uh, episode three and four tonight for sure. I'm, I'm there. Yeah. You're going to be wearing your J's? Of course. As you I, watch I, I, I forgot to I forgot to mention that I I did um I I did wear my um I think I wore my sixes 
and my um i think i wore my uh, concords uh, last week so we'll see what i got in the bag tonight so yeah you actually changed shoes throughout this documentary yes, between once once they cut the first episode i went to the closet laced up a different pair came back out with a different pair on this is more than just tv for me walker <laughs> that's what i'm trying to explain to you but anyway um the nfl the nfl draft uh that, that, you go that ahead. was I'm my sorry. next one it's like we're it's like we're siamese twins go ahead walker you want to you want to hog the mic i'll turn right off Discuss the trash. We're gonna talk about it. Yeah. What, what, do you, what, what are your thoughts? I, I don't have a lot of thoughts here. I, there was a place you wanted to go with the draft, so I'll let you you quarterback this one. Yeah, um, draft uh, aesthetically, I thought I, I got to applaud the NFL for working with what they had. They, from a viewership perspective, I, I believe more people tuned in to watch this than than have in the past twenty or so years. So um, it was interesting. To your point, we got to see inside a lot of houses. We got to see some stuff we didn't want to see. We got to see Bill Belichick's dog, which started trending on social media. Goodness gracious. But um, as to to carry over one of your points in our main topic, um, one thing you didn't see, Walker, which um, credit to Steve Jackson from all the smoke on this one, but you didn't see any Caucasian men, draftees, I should say, boot up with their non-caucasian uh female counterparts um that was that was one sound clip i was trying to get but i couldn't find a real stable one so wasn't able to get that but did, did you did you hear steven jackson said yeah he, he was he was commenting kind of to your point um you know it's become it's become common especially with these sports drafts with these high profile um african-american athletes to see a caucasian woman accompany accompany them or really close to them but it's so crazy that you very seldom if ever see the opposite and he was even asking what do you think would happen if we were to see the opposite in something like an NFL draft. So I thought that question was really polarizing, something I never thought about before, but you know, I, I think he's got a point for sure. But um, but yeah, uh, th those are my only thoughts about the draft. Uh, shocked to see Tua go five. You know, I didn't think he was gonna go that high. I was shocked, I was shocked happy to, for him. Shocked to see Jalen. I was happy for Jalen. Shocked to see Jalen go second round. Happy for the guy, don't get me wrong. Where you thought he was going? I didn't think he'd go any higher than third. I really thought uh, Belichick was just ready to see how low he would go and would get him a uh, third or fourth round. That was my honest thought. Hmm. Because, you know, we know in New England there's a quarterback situation. You got to replace at least one, you know? <laughs> so, uh, and and Walker, I'll, I'll, I'll say this just to start a little battle with you. I mean, I was really impressed by the number of uh, players from Alabama that got drafted. Yeah, 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 yeah. You know, I even saw I even saw a stat walker uh, <laughs> from the first and the second round. No, 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 excuse me. Excuse me. On the first, second round over the whole draft. You can almost form your own team with Bama and LSU players alone. And the only thing that was missing, I think, was like a log snapper. <laughs> <laughs> What's missing What's in this picture? What's the battle? Hmm? What's the battle? Oh, let me, let me see. See, you gotta let me cook too. What's missing here are um, players representing some university in Lee County. You know anything about that? You seen any of them? 
Mm, trash talk. You haven't done that in a while, man. I'm just, I didn't trash on his ass. Wow. I didn't see that coming from you today. Okay. <laughs> oh, did I hit, did I blindside Walker? Yeah, because when I bring up stuff about your school, you'd be, oh, oh, no, don't do that to me. You get, you just, woe is me. You just get all sensitive and just ew, touchy. But here you come. I like that. I'm going to make a note of this because I'm going to need this down the road with you. So trust me, I will lean in tough. Your thoughts um, on the draft, sir. I mean, shouts out to our, our draftees, man. We we got two in the first round. I'm proud of that. You did not get two in the first round. You need to cease and desist. <laughs> you got one. You got one in the first. You got one in the second. Chill. Derek Brown and Noah. Uh, i never been able to pronounce his name. No, Whitaker? He went first? <gasps> oh, yeah, he did. The guy that Josh Jacobs ran over, he went first round? Sure did. The Davidson kid went second, second round. He was your other DT, right? He went second round. Okay, my bad, Walker. Let me let me let me chill. That's two two first round picks is respectable. Yeah. So you know, again, I just know to ignore you. You know what I mean? Because you're still even in your gloating, you're wrong. <laughs> I love it. I love. He wasn't it. ready. He wasn't ready. You can't even gloat right. Like you just you just always you always wrong. I love it. <laughs> All right. Any other thoughts about the draft, Walker? That you're wrong. That's it. Oh my goodness. <laughs> um, why do you think that is? Why do you Why do you think there There's you see black kid. I mean, what What did you What did you make of it? Walker, what did you you, make of you it? answered this in our opening segment, man. You answered it beautifully. Okay, I just want to know what your thoughts were. Are you Was this a trap question? No, I don't trap now, now, you. I, I'll be. <laughs> I'll be honest. <laughs> I'll be honest. Before you so eloquently uh, gave your opinion on what we talked about in our main topic, um, I wouldn't have had an answer for this. But mm. I believe, um, again, Stephen Jackson's comments about the um, the lack of non-Caucasian females accompanying accompanying Caucasian males uh, in these drafts. I believe that, to your point these Caucasian males are growing up in households where they are being reassured of themselves and who they are. Now that doesn't necessarily mean stay away from this, stay away from that, but there's a sometimes sense of it is. Well, sometimes, but there's also, I believe a sense of pride that's being developed in them culturally, which, okay. which I'm not against. The only, only when, I'm not against it either. When I have an issue with is when you say, don't go this way, don't go that way. But, um, if you're developing them a sense of pride enough to where they can make their own what you what you what they seem deem to think sound decision, more power to you. Okay. What's your next topic, Walker? Since you took mine, um, you want to just host this whole segment? I mean, I'm I'm okay with that. You done? <laughs> uh, yeah, I think so. Okay. Um, Babyface and Teddy Riley finally squared off. <sighs> You will not let this go. You will not let this go. Discuss the trash. <sighs> Discuss asterisk. I only want to hear who won. I don't want to hear anything else. Um. Well, let's trash it then. I I, I couldn't pick a winner. It was it was. I enjoyed it. It was a it was a great. Did you even watch it? When was it? 
Your go. <laughs> All right, um, I'm going to switch it up a little bit, Walker, and I'm just going to play this. And when this clip is over, you tell me if we're going to discuss or trash it. Is that is that cool? That's fine. You sure, are sure. thinking of if you're totally into that world, which I find to be very interesting. So supposing we hit the body with a tremendous, uh, whether it's ultraviolet or just very powerful light. And I think you said that has him in check, but you're going to test it. And then I said, supposing you brought the light inside the body, you can, which you can do either through the skin or uh, in some other way. And I think you said you're going to test that, too. Sounds interesting. Get the right, folks who could. right. And then I see the disinfectant where it knocks it out in a minute, one minute. And is there a way we can do something like that uh, by injection inside or or almost a cleaning? Because you see it gets on the lungs and it does a tremendous number of lungs, so it'd be interesting to check that so that you're going to have to use medical doctors with, but it sounds... POTUS talk. Discuss or trash? POTUS talk. <laughs> <laughs> POTUS talk. Uh, let's talk about it. <laughs> Walker, you you can say what you want about Trump, but um, I think Clorox injections are what this nation has been needing for a long time. And I'm here for it. For who? Oh, good question. <laughs> for, them, for those dumb enough to believe this rhetoric. <laughs> because I don't want you to inject yourself with Clorox. No, I'm crazy enough, Walker. You don't want to see that. <laughs> I don't want to. I personally wouldn't want to see that. Um, despite our back and forth, I do appreciate you in my life. Thank um, you, so Walker. That wouldn't be that wouldn't bode well for you long term. Yeah. Um, I mean, and me and you know our wives and our kids and whatever right um what are we doing here man what are we doing that's that's my only question does that sound like sarcasm no he was i mean You you didn't say now coming from two people two people who have graduated I'm who's cum laude? Are you cum laude? No, or that's I, you. Am, that's you. I'm still learning from you. <laughs> so I'm summa cum laude. Well, yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, that, yeah, that's right. Okay, yeah. you're cum laude. Yes, yes. Okay, so I, I had a higher GPA from the school of sarcasm. sarcasm. Absolutely, Walker. Okay, your jersey's in the rafters. Actually, when I hear it, <laughs> right. you do too. Yeah. No, you th- didn't sense any sarcasm there, in that. There was concern and intent in this man's words. So he was being genuine when he said that you picked up from that from that audio clip that he was I can't say it, but he was D.A. serious. He was so serious. Yeah, because I mean, even looking at the visuals, you can tell. I mean, again, we're 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 esteemed alumnus of the School of Sarcasm. So like we can even look at the cues, the body language. No, there was no sarcasm here. So the White House is lying when they're saying uh, people took it out of context. He took it out of no. context. Let me and tell you. Let me tell you what the White House is doing. Let me tell you he what the White House. He said it sarcastically. Let me tell you what the White House is doing. They're doing exactly what they're supposed to do. Gaslighting. <laughs> I guess so. <laughs> but I mean, what are they? What else are they going to say? I hear you, but my thing is, this is the president. I don't know if this is the president we deserve, but he's definitely the one that we we collectively voted for. If he gives us nothing else, he gives us a very interesting perspective on a wide range of things. I'll leave it at that. 
we need to put together a a top five of one of the most wildest things he's ever said oh in his presence. Dude, we are twenty steps behind. Um, what's Trevor Noah? He's already done it. He's done. He he's, he did a top ten, I believe, and it is just like. No, I mean, I mean, I found myself fact checking each one, but the thing I love about Trevor Noah when he did it, he had the video, he had the video of each one, so like you knew you. I mean, nothing was nothing was uh, doctored up or anything. So right, dude, this is wild. Anyway, yeah, I'm 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 yeah. a, I'm gonna stick to using the the disinfectants on surfaces, kind of like they instruct you to do on the labels of said product. I'm. I'm, I'm not smart enough to start injecting these things into my, you know, anatomical system. I just want to know what the test results were. Did they actually test it? Dude, I don't know. I, I read, I read something. I read something just on jokes. CNN. Just I, joking. No, they did I, not test that. I read something on CNN saying that people in certain parts of the country were reacting to this by way of experimenting. I know. Chlor I, well, I don't know how true that is. I don't know if we was able to get names of pe like people for uh, I've heard reports, but I haven't heard any sources I trust. I oh, got gotcha. Confirm that. Okay. You know what I mean? But the fact I that it's still if, being if produced. CNN reporting it, they're reporting it by way of other people. Oh, it, it's okay. not there. You know how some some people say, "Hey, according to sources." Yeah. Right. Yeah. Right. So I, I don't know how, but. I mean, when Clorox and Lysol and them come out and say, hey, do not inject this into your body. Yeah. Is this where we are, Walker? 2020. Oh, Lord. <laughs> 2020. All right. All right. I got nothing else to say about that. Um, I wanted to ask you, so I guess this is my go. Yeah. Um, what do, what do you think about parts of the country uh, opening back up? Are you you feel good about it? Um, uh, we've we've you know Georgia. I don't know if they did or not. Georgia I know they're planning on opening up barbershops and hair salons this I, past. I week. I thought that happened week. this past Friday. I thought that was official. Yeah. Okay. What are your thoughts? I know. Um, I know uh, the city of of or not the the mayor of uh, of Atlanta. Bottoms. Um. She was like, um. No, yeah. we're not. We're not doing that. It seems, so I want to know your thoughts. Like, how do you to feel? Me, Walker, you two opposing views. It seems to me, Walker, that Atlanta um, was not was was like they weren't a part of this when they said the state of Georgia. I do think that there were some communication because I mean Atlanta it's its own thing, right? Um, you compare Atlanta to other cities in uh, in Georgia, there's really no comparison. So i think what what governor kemp meant when he said reopening georgia was everybody but atlanta i believe there was an asterisk there at the conclusion of that statement do you see the asterisk i'm drawing up here walker i know i know what you're thinking i'm just trying to give you best case scenario because he could not have meant to include atlanta where people from all over are i mean you got a mass metropolitan area he couldn't have meant atlanta right 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 I'm gonna take you and an asterisk and throw them both in the trash. <laughs> you, you, these asterisks. There's no way he meant Atlanta in that. This is the same guy who just, it may have been either earlier this month or last month, said he out of his mouth, his mouth, that he just realized that you can have the coronavirus and be asymptomatic. <laughs> this is the same guy. 
And you want to give him the benefit of the doubt and, and place an asterisk by what he said. You want to be that person, right? My comments are for the betterment of society. Your comments are irrational. That man <laughs> clearly said what he said. I know. Walker, it's too soon. It's too soon for, for Georgia. Now, Wyoming, go ahead. Open for business. Montana, even. Um, but no, no U.S., no Governor Kemp. We are not ready for Georgia to reopen. There's just, there's too much at stake. Now, I know where you want me to take this, Walker, so I'm going to go ahead and open that door and get right to it. Um, do I do I detect a shade of conspiracy with these reopening orders to, uh, pertaining to the types of businesses that would be allowed to reopen? Of course, and I hate to lean into that, but it's symmetrical, I think, with what you're saying can open, you know, and the types of people that frequent these types of businesses that you want to open. Again, I think it's symmetrical. I think there's something up with that. And a part of me does not feel really well about that. Thus concluding my immediate thoughts about that situation, Walker. Okay. All right. What do you think? I didn't even ask you. You know, I've never agreed with it. You know, I didn't agree with this last week Let, when we talked about it. And if I could, Walker, for the listeners, this man, as he said in, in the beginning, we met up. We had an exchange yesterday in the city. And, you know, I knew Walker was taking this seriously. But when I met this guy and he came out with a yardstick and put put it in between us to make sure we were six feet. I didn't come out with a yardstick. I left that at home. <laughs> it was a tape measure. I'm sorry. But no, nah, but the, the type of energy you were giving me, Walker, I, I mean, you made me feel like you made me feel like I had it. <laughs> this dude, this dude pulled up. No, I pulled up beside you. You could. I pulled up beside him. This dude. Put his mask on. You gloved up too. And this dude would make no direct contact with me. Now, his love supposed to his lovely bride even even acknowledged me. I, you know, I I I I stayed socially distant with her. We traded a lot of friendly banter. But Walker, the man you're looking at over there, let me point directly. I said, hey. <laughs> Walker. You you may need to put some new tires on that vehicle because you peeled out of there after the exchange was made. <laughs> no, I did not. <laughs> I'm just giving this for impact water. You, you're throwing sauce. <laughs> but my, my whole point, my whole point is I, I understand your standpoint and thinking it may be premature for Georgia to reopen just because I think you've taken a really serious approach to this since its inception. So um, yeah, I get that. I, my thing is, okay, I think government has been spending so much time trying to put out this fire that I don't think government has really thought through if, if you're wanting businesses to open up, you haven't taken the time to actually think through on how businesses should operate in this new normal. Right. Like how, how what processes do you put in place to ensure social distancing? to ensure people's safety? Are there any penalties for if you violate such? Like, we don't know any of this, this, and you want to just open. Like, my thing is 9-11 changed how we fly forever, right? Prior to 9-11, you can walk people to the gate and see them get, you can see the plane pull off. You can off practically get on the, the plane and just, just come back with it. 
After nine, we had a new normal, right? Right. So I'm saying after this, I don't think we can just go right back, especially when you're talking about salons and barbershops and like there has to be a new normal established. And I don't think we've been able to wrap our minds around what that new normal is. Okay. So to just send people back out as if nothing happened two months ago is dangerous. Right. That's, just, that's just my whole point. And, look, and again, I don't trust people because somebody probably did drink bleach this past weekend after listening to Trump. Somebody probably did, Gat. I don't trust people. Like, people are Gat. In Lysol <laughs> and Chlor to say, do put this in your body. That means that there are some people out there that we can't, like, we have to treat them like our children and make decisions for them. Right. Good point. That's all I'm saying. Not good. Yeah. But maybe we're not ready. Wyoming, yet. go ahead. <laughs> Yeah, I'm all I'm all for Y.O. Go ahead, Wyoming. <laughs> Maybe no one drinks bleach in, that, in that, those states. Oh, uh, okay, Walker. My last discusser trash um, really uh, blends well with your closing remarks on on that situation. Um, it is reported that the government has been issuing stimulus checks to deceased people. That's almost player of the week. Um, discuss or trash? We'll discuss it. Okay. Um, this this supports your point, Walker, of the government not really knowing what we're doing. Because you, if you're issuing out this type of money, you should have some types of checks and balances to know if these people are still breathing air with the rest of us. I mean, this is just this is it's weird and it's just unplanned and it's just random. I don't, I'm a, you know what? These are people that have been dead, Walker. Huh? (laughs) These are people that have been dead. Well, there you go. Go ahead. I'm sorry. Like I can see it. I I almost want to shoot bail because if a person died because of Corona in the past week or so or month, I could see a check getting cut for them. But if you're sending it to people who've been deceased, then yeah. 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 Politics it, as usual, it, Walker. It's, it's a fire drill. It's a it's an unorganized fire drill Everybody, that we're somebody in. Somebody do something. Okay, go go go. <laughs> what are we doing? I don't know. Just go. Chaos. <laughs> right. It's just chaos. Right. And that's what I'm saying. Like you're doing that, but then you're telling me there it's okay to go back out into the world as we were. Sorry, but I don't. I don't. But I don't buy that. I'm a chill. And and again, personally. Personally, a friend of mine tested positive last week. So I'm supposed to believe that we got this under control. That's what you want me to believe. Walker, here's one here's one point that I don't think we've been sensitive enough to in thinking about what it looks like to reopen America. Um, you and I are blessed to be in situations to where we can still continue being employed and still continue receiving income. So I think we ought to challenge ourselves for just a moment, put our, put our feet in the sneakers of those who are not having food to eat or struggling who, who need income. Now, while you got these sneaks on, do you think a lot of those people would support the notion of getting back so that we can reestablish our way of living 
I'm sure they would. I'm sure they would. And but my thing is, well, I said a week ago, I said I if I was in charge, and let's say I wouldn't be I wouldn't be ready to just open things back up. But what I would do is reevaluate some of these uh, businesses that have considered or have been considered non-essential, and see if there's a way that we can get them to reopen, but under diff under different circumstances. Um, you know, maybe you're doing curbside delivery. Maybe you're doing different things. You know, service jobs are different because that that requires contact with individuals. But if you're selling products or whatever, you can do curbside. You can do types of things to be operating and your people are working even though you've been deemed non-essential previously. Gotcha. I would reevaluate those types of jobs and positions so that people can work. Um, I would also encourage a lot of people. I'm pretty sure you got a lot of essential jobs that are struggling with people wanting to just go to work because they're afraid of their safety. Like I would encourage to seek employment f- uh, with an essential job. Right. Um, like there's, there's ways around that, that I would encourage, but I think just opening everything back up when we still don't have enough testing available to know who has it and who doesn't, uh, you know, I just think it's dangerous. Okay. Fair enough. And I think it, it was, it was, did you hear about the mayor of uh, Las Vegas? I think she was on CNN with uh, uh, Anderson Cooper. I read, I read a hot, not a hot take, but I read one of her comments about um, why she felt like it's time for certain businesses in Vegas to reopen, but that was all. Car- Carolyn Goodman. Okay. Carolyn Goodman is her name. See good. She was, she was saying that, yeah, uh, casinos need to open back, you know, they, if, they need to. She was like, well, how can they do that? Like, how can they do this? And she was like, <laughs> that's my point. Okay. That's my point. <laughs> like you're championing opening stuff back up, but you have no, nothing in place. <laughs> like you should run a marathon, Gatry, right now. All right. Uh, okay. Uh, <laughs> just do it. Okay. Um... <laughs> You see what I'm saying? It's like, what are you talking about? Right. Like, can we put some thought into this? Yeah. Like, I want, I want things to go back. I want, I want us to go back out. So I do, but just like we thought through on how we fly after 9-11, we need to put some thought into this new normal in light of COVID. Right. And once we start seeing that, that would give people like me assurance that once we go back out that there'll be safety measures in place to where we won't just continue another round of this mess that we just experienced. That's all I'm saying. Cool. Well, man, that, that was all I had for Dort. Ready to get to the shout outs. Let's get to them, man. You, you like to usher these in. All right. This is about time. We're just shouting out people doing dope stuff and uh, bringing attention to people who played themselves within the last week. Hence the title player of the week. Um, I can go first, Gap. Go for it, man. You're feeling it. Take the shot. (laughs) My shout out goes out to a business in Harlem known as Harlem Haberdashery. Basically, what they're known for is kind of like it's almost kind of like my love language, which is fashion and style. They actually are a clothing store, which do bespoke tailoring um, for men and women. Um, they're in the news today because they have 
they are working to put together uh, gowns. They've been creating medical gowns and masks for healthcare workers working the front lines of the COVID-19 pandemic in New York. Okay. Um, Yeah. So basically they know how to put clothes together. They know how to do all that. So they say, you know what, what we, we can do, we can just go ahead since we're closed. We can also, we can be of service and help to those who need, uh, additional supplies and so they've been putting together making creating masks creating gowns and sending them to healthcare workers so I want to shout out I believe it's Guy Wood who's I think they're associated with five five zero zero one flavors um, but they also have a philanthropic like they have a hashtag hashtag take care of Harlem um, Guy Wood is one of the people, and I think this may be his wife, Shireen Wood. Um, but yeah, I want to shout them two out for Harlem Haberdashery, just being of service to those in the front lines who are working, uh, putting themselves in harm's way to 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 be to basically keep people taken care of and just just doing their thing. So just want to show love to them. Dope indeed, Walker. Your ball's in your court. Okay. I'll keep a little local focus on here if that's okay. Um, Go dang, for I it. I keep forgetting the name. Okay. I want to shout out to those, shout out those who are involved with the great grocery give back. Um, Tito's Handmade Vodka, <laughs> along with the young professionals of Birmingham, have uh, come together and developed an initiative to where um you go if you're if you're in diary if you know if you've gotten laid off or things like that or you know this is just a struggling time for you and you're having a hard time filling your pantry um they they have a website available that you go to and you apply and they're taking a certain amount of people per week and what they're saying what they're doing is they are reaching out to you if you're one of those people that apply in with you know within the given window and they're saying you know what this week we're taking care of the groceries and so they've they've um this initiative has partnered with a lot of local grocery stores to um give people enough groceries to get through entire seven days of keeping everybody fed and nourished which i think is just absolutely dope so um local love here birmingham great grocery give back you are my shout out this week dope Dope, 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 dope. All right, who played themselves? You want to go first, or I'll go. Mine is quick. You want to discuss mine, so I figured. Yeah, we can mine's quick and dirty. And I, I kind of want to get mine out of the way. Um, they, they're, they're kind of the cover boy for this, but they're not, they're not like a hundred percent at fault. But I'm gonna go ahead and throw Shake Shack out here. Okay, so I know you're asking why Walker. So uh, you got my ears. Okay. <laughs> so Shake Shack um, not only applied, but received uh, the PPP payroll protection plan funding to the tune of 10 plus million dollars. So um, upon news of this, <laughs> I, know what this is. I think I know what this, yeah. I, I do know what this is about. Go upon ahead. news of this publicly traded company. <laughs> receiving said benefits there was a public outroar if not even an outcry asking why I know exactly what this is about why do you think <laughs> they're getting 10 mil 
and we've got other small business owners who were supposed to be the target of said funding who, who are out here getting nothing. And so um, it's crazy. It's crazy to me. Here, here's why I'm giving Shake Shack a little bit of the blame. Um, it's crazy to me that someone internally could say, yeah, let's go ahead and apply for this and see what we can get. Right. When right. when um, I think last year alone, Shake Shack cleared one hundred and eighty million plus in revenue. <laughs> OK, now I understand you got op operating expenses and things like that, but you you drive a hard bark in getting me convinced that you need this 10 milli. So, um, again, I give them a small percentage of the blame. My biggest issue, my biggest player of the week here is the Department of Treasury who were who are at the helm of these standards because Shake Shack would not have been able to apply and receive funds had they not met the requirements. So while I'm giving Shake Shack a little of this heat, our government gets even more of that because why do you even let somebody with a portfolio as enriched as Shake Shack receive said funding again? Um, in knowing that there are small businesses out here not getting anything. So um, Shake Shack, again, and this is this is kind of like our our underlying narrative of this recording of the government just being just totally whacked out, not knowing what to do. Um, Shake Shack, you're going to take the blame. You're going to take the face of this player of the week because, you know, you had no business getting that money. Now, they gave it back. So I'll give it to them. They gave it back. They tried to make it right. But nah, man, um, y'all need to chill, take this L and have one of your representatives come down once we're after this, sit in a chair, cross and Walker and I and explain himself while we polish off this trophy. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, I was mm, I almost want to shoot Shay Shack Bell like a little bit like you can't take the money if someone's not giving it to you i mean who who's i mean yeah you developed a conscious want to give the money back but you're killing it now like you're doing well your stock prices like your stock prices are doing good like you're fine but but walker you're, walker you're if fine you, if you're shake shack you're dumb because you're a publicly traded company you didn't think anybody was gonna find out that you got 10 mil from the feds that's dub worthy Okay. You know. Yeah. Yeah, I guess. I don't eat I, I don't eat red meat. I mean, I, I'm not fighting it. It's just I'm like, hey, it's almost kind of swag. <laughs> you want to take the money, but yeah, I mean, my thing is even in light of finding out that's 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 the messed up part. Like this like I as you was giving that, I was looking at their stock prices and light of this coming out, steadily growing. Really? Yeah. <laughs> like no one cares <laughs> i care <laughs> and you should you should <laughs> anyway you should. well you enjoy your uh your milkshake from shake shack tonight <laughs> i've never you... been to shake shack that's not true how is how is that not true i don't know it just felt like we just put an asterisk by that yeah <laughs> 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 on to your po dub sir okay so Gatry alluded to this earlier, um, just to give people backstory that you may not know. Um, 
with everyone being home, you know, TikTok has kind of taken on a life of its own with people posting videos, doing different things. I think the, uh, is it the flip the switch challenge where like you're in a video with somebody and then y'all switch and like y'all wearing what the other person, that's one of the challenges everywhere. Yeah. So there's another challenge though. I don't think it's a challenge, but I begin to see people do this. Like they're in a kitchen and they're pouring different stuff into like a pot to determine like what it's made out of. There's a funny one about Shaq, by the way. Oh, That's wow. hilarious. Yeah, a person one's doing it like like dominance pouring into the cup. Um, they're like free throw. He's about to pour like free the ability to shoot free throws and like the doorbell rings and he, he looks back no. and like the whole bottle misses the, the container. Like it's hilarious how they did Shaq. Okay. Um, there's a cue in where a woman does it with like like her husband, like, you know, my ingredients for my, for my, for the person God's going to send me. And she's pouring like kindness and da, 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 da. All of a sudden her husband like appears and like she hugs him and stuff like, like it's cute stuff like that. Nice. Well, these two Georgia students wanted to do their version of that. Right. Right. But this is a case of when racism goes wrong, keeping it racism, keeping it racist goes wrong. <laughs> So they put in, they got a pot and they're putting in there. Um, basically, it's like how to make an N word. Right. But of course, it's, it's spelled out. So it's like they're preparing something like a mock cooking show and like stuff like the, the stereotypical racist stuff. Eat watermelon, fried chicken, rot white people, not having black fathers, the whole night. Play golf. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> We're not talking about Tiger. Oh, sorry. sorry. <laughs> no, but seriously, like, so they did that and they posted it. Well, uh, shouts out. They, I, I know her handle, but I can't tell what her full name is. But I'm going to shout her out in a minute. But basically, you had Stephanie Freeman and Jeffrey Hume who were involved in this video, who did this. They were in high school. Um, This got out because a classmate basically just called them out and was saying, hey, this is, check out, you know, check out these racists or whatever, right? And what's so dope about that is that the person who called them out for being racist was white, actually. Oh, wow. She was white. I didn't hear that um, and part. And to me, that's that's why I want, you know, we've already done our shout outs. I want to shout her out for, again, this is one of the things that I've heard us say as black people is that it's not enough for you to not be racist, but other people being racist, call that out. Let people know that you ain't cool with it either. And so that's what she did. And that's how, what managed her post to go viral and a lot of people got wind of it. Well, her these two students got wind of their school got wind of it, Carrollton High School, and they got expelled. They were supposed to be walking this upcoming month in May, uh, graduating, and they will not be participating in graduation because they've been expelled from school. Um, so yeah, man, uh, it's it's. And I think Jeffrey Hume. I guess he was like a wrestler of some sort somewhere, and he's been. He's no longer a wrestler. No way. Um, yeah, like so everything that they've been associated with has like disavowed them. Like they're out of here. Just for playing a dumb, stupid racist game. So yeah, man. It's just when keeping the races go wrong. Good night.
So you had thoughts about this because you was about to bring it up. Well, I was I was going to cleverly ask you what your ingredients were for a Negro. <laughs> yeah, I'm glad we moved on. <laughs> um, <laughs> after all we've talked about today, that would have been. Anyway. <laughs> Time to wrap this up, okay. actually. Okay. <laughs> um, Fred the Godson. Yeah. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Rest in peace to Fred the Godson. My goodness. Um, yeah, he had. Um, unfortunately, he had complications due to the coronavirus, and he passed away earlier or towards the end of the week last week, I should say. And um, as I as I told Walker on the phone, uh, forget last time we talked, but um, I was I was starting to consume a lot of his material about two months or so ago. And um, he's he's a guy, as everyone knows by now, I listen to Sway in the morning a lot, um, especially when life's normal and I'm going to work. Um, But he he was making waves there. Sway was a huge fan of his. So. I started to I started to kind of get more accustomed and accustomed to him and his style. Dude was crazy talented and seriously just like trending so far upward. It was so hard hearing this this information just because um, the dude really put in a lot of work and was starting to reap the benefits of all that. And um, this uh, this pandemic uh, claimed his life, man. It's it's very unfortunate. So rest in yeah. peace. Um, Fred the Godson, uh, you you got you got two fans here at the tipping point, man. We're we're thinking about your family right now. Yeah. Uh definitely keeping his family in our prayers during this time. Um it's serious out there, man. Um take care of yourself. Um, you ready for ready to go ahead and close this out? Absolutely. Well, I gotta ask you that. Well, yeah, let's do Walker's word of the week in our, our tipping point benediction, I guess. So uh is the root of all evil clearly had an evil intention of keeping it all for themselves right because the only thing worse than money being the root of all evil is not having money at all okay um in fact the bible doesn't even say that money is the root of all evil it clearly says that the love of money is the root of all evil now i appreciate money and what it can do for me and what i can buy with it as i'm sure my co-host gatry is uh we have an appreciation for having it and whatnot but when the bible talks about loving money it's talking about priorities all right money and your pursuit of money should never be more important than family it should never be more important than your health both physical and mental even spiritual even uh it shouldn't be more important than your character you shouldn't pull yourself out for for money that's temporary money is a tool you should be more in control of it than it is of you so you know what i would like to say is that stack your bread get your money but just realize that you're in control not the money and enjoy life there's more things to life than just having money because you can't take it with you but you can take those precious memories that you have with your family you can be in good health and you can also use that money to benefit other people we've been talking countless stories of shout outs of people over the past few weeks who've been putting money to good use to help other people so remember money is a tool use it wisely and let's live responsibly my friends well the doors of the tipping point podcast are open yet 
may the Lord watch between <laughs> thee and the tipping point while we're absent one from another. Guys, be safe. Have a great week. Live responsibly. And thanks again for listening, guys. This is the Tipping Point Podcast.